never miss the water till your well runs dry. Till your well runs dry. You'll never miss Joe Turner till he says goodbye. Sweet. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Young ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, January the 18th, 2022. Coming at you from Champaign, Illinois, my name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. My hot take for this week uh, is that the Yankees... The New York Yankees have hired uh, the first ever professional female uh, manager uh, for their low A affiliate, the Tampa Tarpons. And my hot take is that I hate it. And I know what you're thinking. It's just another white dude who's trying to keep women down. Not the case. That's not why I hate it. I I actually love that this has happened. What I hate is that the Yankees are the ones who did it because I don't want to be excited about anything that the Yankees as an organization do or by extension, you know, the Miami Marlins. Um, right. That's the right. <clears throat> and it, it's like really eat me up inside that the Yankees were the first people to do this. And I think that we could all agree that this is like a long overdue and it's like pretty fucked up that we're in 2021 right now, only just talking about this being the first uh, managerial appointment of a woman in in professional baseball. Um, But the hot take is, is that I hate that it was the Yankees who did it. Yeah, no, fuck the Yankees. Good for Rachel Balkovich, manager of the single A Tampa Bay Telephone. Right. Uh, she will, and and she's got like oh, I don't have it up right now. I apologize. She has an amazing resume, I believe. Also, really, yeah. Uh, you know there are women coming up. The it was the Yankees AAA affiliate, the Miami Marlins, who uh have that female general manager now. I believe. Uh, we talked about that last year, so. Right. Uh, yeah, so she joined the Yankees organization in 2019 as a minor league hitting coach. She's a former softball player and has worked for major league organizations for most of the past decade. She was a strength and conditioning coach for the Astros AA affiliate and has worked for the White Sox and the Cardinals as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't say in what position. So I'm looking at the... Um... Southeastern single A affiliate league right now. Right. They're really funny. So you've got the Lakeland Flying Tigers. Flying Tigers, gotcha. Flying Tigers. You've got the Clearwater Threshers. Lakeland Uh, is where Chris Sale went to high school. Just a little piece of trivia. Actually. The Cleveland, the Dreadnoughts, Threshers, their Phillies affiliate. Uh, you got wait, this is my favorite one, the Fort Myers Fighting Muscle. No, 
the Fort Myer Mighty Muscles. Mm. They're the twins affiliate. Does that sound like a sound like a penis joke? No, I think like the the bivalve muscle. Oh. But they're the mighty muscles. And they're <laughs> their mascot. I think that it, there might be a tongue-in-cheek penis yeah, reference. Right. Their mascot does seem to be well, but a muscle also looks like a vagina, so you can right. get it on multiple levels. But they're they're purple and gold, and their mascot seems to be a anthropomorphized muscle with jacked up muscles. Right, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. All right, so here's oh, no, but if you look at them, it's definitely a penis. Look at their mascot. <laughs> okay, does Jupiter, Florida, have a minor league baseball team? In it? That's, that's the real question. That's the question because this is all Florida, but none of that's Jupiter, Florida. Because Jupiter, Florida is South Florida, like it's um, West Palm Beach. And that's where the Cardinals have the minor, I mean, not minor league spring training. The Jupiter Hammerheads. The Jupiter Hammerheads. Yep. Low A for the Miami Marlins. That makes sense. Mm. Okay, so I, I got. I bet there's some shady shit going on with this team. Yes. Anyway, we have some research to do, is yeah. what, I, what I'm coming back with here. Also, need to go to a Jupiter Hammerheads uh, game. Ooh. Right. How'd they do? They finished 33 and 36 in 2019. 2020 season canceled due to the COVID 19 pandemic. They're not very good. We should get some merch. Yep, definitely gotta get some merch. Well, anyway, congratulations to uh, the Tampa Tarpons and Rachel Balkovich. I, I think this is going to happen multiple times. Here's the question. Do you think we're going to have a, a female player in Major League Baseball? Yes. Yeah. I Okay. You, we, there's that, uh, that, that girl who just played for the professional Australian Baseball League. Yeah. And again, people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, what a misogynistic asshole calling that professional athlete a girl. She's 17 years old. So, yeah. Eagerly, A minor. Right. I think that she could possibly play in Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. I think that there would be female Major League Baseball players right now in Major League Baseball if softball was not a thing. Right. And I think I've said that on the podcast before. Yeah, but that's my take on, I'm like, the reason that there are no female, I mean, misogyny, right? And uh, the patriarchal culture of Major League Baseball aside, mm -hmm. the reason that there's not a female Major League Baseball player right now is because you know, young girls and young women going through high school and college play softball mm -hmm. instead of baseball. And if that was a thing that just girls played baseball starting at, a, you know, the little league level, um, or I guess girls do play little league, but at the high school level, yeah, then we would have major league 
female baseball players. That's a very good point. Mm. That's tough. One of my good friends is actually the softball coach at the middle school that I work at. And they've got a really good program. It'd be hard. Right. To, hey, we're just going to shuffle this into the baseball program. Hmm. That's a complicated issue. Yep. I like this picture that they have of Rachel Balkovich. She's wearing Yankees, uh, like a Yankees jersey and a Yankees hat, which I think is interesting. And she's like striding out into the sunlight, which is very, I don't know, dramatic. Right. It's it's a good piece of uh, of propaganda is all I'm saying. Is it though? I think so. I think it is. I mean, I'm not saying like the Yankees are good. I'm just saying. No, fuck the Yankees, Joel. Yeah, fuck the Yankees. No, you're absolutely right, Sam. I'm not disagreeing with you on your basic premise of fuck the Yankees. Okay, good. Because it kind of felt like you were for a second. No, 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 no. no. You were correct. Fuck the Yankees. Fuck them. Fuck Aaron Judge. Fuck the Yankees. Nobody's like the Yankees have the second uh, best odds to win the World Series in 2022. Fuck the Yankees. They're not winning the World Series in 2022. That's only dumbass Yankee fans who think they're going to win the World Series in 2022. This is fucking ridiculous, dumbass fucking Yankee fans. Yep. Anyway, congratulations to Rachel Balkovich. Hey, everybody. My name is Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take is, uh, I don't know how to say this. I I watched all these NFL playoff games this weekend, Sam, and I admit it, but I actually enjoyed most of them. Cool. And here's my hot take is, if you're a football league and you want to have a successful playoffs, it helps if you have playoff teams from every time zone uh hint hint college football uh right you don't think that it's best to just have all of the teams just from like a really small geographical area slightly compacted geographical location (laughs) right you don't want to just like have every team just be from like two states Right. And each like city less than 200 miles from each other. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a hot take, Joel. A hot take. Sorry. <laughs> um, the Steelers lost. That was good. I'm sorry that your New England Patriots lost to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah. I feel like their future is bright. Also, I don't care. Right, and I'm kind of on that Bills bandwagon right now. I I bet they win at Kansas City, which I'm not putting money on them to win that, but I will be rooting for them. Right. You know, here's the thing that I'm on the bandwagon of. um, A competitive AFC East. Oh, yeah. You know, I was a Patriots fan for a really long time, and I think that I told you this on the podcast before, but you know, the Patriots dominated the division for so long and they never really had any competition. So, well, and the building would be nice to see. Yeah. Josh Allen is really good. Here's my other right. thing I'm really excited about is that we've got 
the Buffalo Bills in the next round. So that gives us Rochester garbage plates. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals in the next round. So that gives us Cincinnati chili. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City barbecue. And I feel like people from Buffalo and from people from Rochester would be offended by that statement you just made. Well, then, okay, I guess Buffalo wings come from Buffalo. Right. Yeah, Buffalo's got their own own thing going on. Buffalo wings, like, really industrial decline, you know? Well, all these cities have really industrial decline, which was the <laughs> other thing I wanted to make. Because <laughs> you got Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo all in the AFC divisional round. That's exciting. And Tennessee, right. which whatever, I don't have an opinion about them. But like, it's not Memphis barbecue, though. Nashville, what's Nashville famous for? Uh, culinary country, school. country music, food wise. Oh, I don't know. Probably barbecue too. Yeah. Um, but country music. Country music, yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, I- and then. What? Which is fine, like Dolly Parton, shit like that. Everybody loves Dolly Parton. Everybody. Like anyone who's in country music, like ever for all time, has gone through Nashville. It's crazy. And even the NFC, like, so the NFC doesn't have these, like, I feel like every team in the AFC has a little, like, Americana feel to them. Even Buffalo, because all my Twitter friends from Canada pulling real hard for the Buffalo Bills, which I think is funny. Uh, but then the NFC, you've got the 49ers, the Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Green Bay Packers. God. Yeah. I guess go Tampa Bay. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm not anti-San Francisco, I got to watch them beat the Dallas Cowboys in the most hilarious, stupid football game I think I've ever watched, which is saying something. Right, that's fun. God, that was so funny. Uh, The Rams are really good, and I think the Packers are good. They just have noted anti-vaxxer Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. (laughs) Amateur virologist. Yeah, (laughs) slash... And he's still amateur vaccine specialist, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, is it crazy that it's 2022 and we're like, well, at least Tom Brady believes in science in a way that Aaron Rodgers does. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, is that Tom Brady might not believe in science. You know, he's got his own unfounded health things that he does also. But, you know, Tom Brady's not going to do anything that's going to, like, fuck with his chances of, like, playing. You know what I mean? No, he knows better. Well, yeah, also, he's just, like, so fucking obsessed with only one thing and will do anything to, like, make sure that it happens. You know what I mean? Well, I respect him for that. Right. I respect him for his troll game on Twitter. He definitely trolled the Philadelphia Eagles after Tampa beat them in the in the wild card game. 
so I really don't have a dog in the fight. I guess I want Buffalo to beat Kansas City. I want Cincinnati to beat Tennessee. Right. Um, I guess I'll go for go Tampa Bay over the Rams and go yeah. San Francisco over Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, the fun thing about the Rams is that Matthew Stafford won his first playoff game ever. At age like 47. Right. And the fun thing about Matthew Stafford is that he in a lot of stat categories is like up there with some of the other great quarterbacks of his generation, like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and um, Drew Brees. you know, that other guy, some of those other guys. I always get him confused with that one guy who has all those kids. Uh, um, Philip Rivers, right. I get, I think they look kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Anyway, he's just never won in the playoffs, so. Right, because he played for the Detroit Lions for his entire career. Right, but, like, the Detroit Lions had Matthew Stafford and Megatron. (laughs) And, you know, like, they just never were able to put it together, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we should do a podcast. And, uh, anyway, I'm uh, vaguely interested in the NFL playoffs. We'll see what happens. Um, but they they were entertaining games. Um, hey, thanks for everybody who's been listening to this podcast. Really appreciate it. Last week we had a couple of episodes. We had Thomas on to talk about how stupid his dreams are. So that was great. And we had a <laughs> and we had a top of the clock on duck scrapple. How's the duck scrapple going? Good, sold out. Did I tell you that? I uh, I think you texted me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was good. It sold out. It was good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shout out to our listeners: Indianapolis, Indiana, Lindenville, Vermont. Do you know who that is, Sam? No, there's college up there. Okay, cool. Lindenville College, so probably some college kids. Nice. San Jose, California, Portland, Oregon, Brookfield, Wisconsin, Bend, Oregon, Trumansburg, New York, Hardwick, Vermont, Ashburn, Virginia, Champaign, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, uh, Ghana. Bunch of listeners from Ghana this week. That was cool. I think they just lost their uh, Africa Cup game, though, to Cameroon, like a big upset. So, Man, fuck Cameroon, am I right? Fuck Cameroon, exactly. Uh, Detroit, Michigan, St. Petersburg, Russia, Bradenton, Florida, Peoria, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Brooklyn, New York, Quincy, Massachusetts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, continue to do so. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump. And all right, Sam, this is going to be our big tennis episode. You ready? Yeah, big tennis episode. Yeah. I uh, we kind of missed a 
opportunity to segue when we were just talking about Aaron Rodgers because we're going to be talking about Novak Djokovic this week um, because he, well, we'll get into it, but there's there's a lot going on with this guy. <clears throat> so the Novak Djokovic scandal has come to a close in Australia, at least, with the world number ten, number one tennis star being deported from the country. For those of you who haven't been following the story, Joel, uh, Djokovic received a medical exemption from both the ITF, uh, which is the governing body of men's tennis, and um, the Australian government to compete in this month's Australian Open. Do, uh, so an exemption from being vaccinated against COVID-19 uh, due to allegedly testing positive for COVID on December 16th. <clears throat> he posted about his exemption on Instagram from the tarmac right before takeoff. And while he was in the air, shit hit the fan. Australia, the country of Australia has enforced some of the strictest COVID protocols of any country since the beginning of the pandemic and has been largely successful in controlling the virus. However, there was considerable public backlash when it became uh, public that Djokovic was allowed to come to the country without observing any COVID protocols. By the time he landed in Australia, Djokovic's visa had been revoked by Border Patrol and with the support of the Prime Minister. He was moved to a deportation hotel while he appealed, while he appealed for his visa. He won that appeal and began preparing for the tournament, and then, twist, his visa was revoked again. This time, it was revoked uh, in, quote, the interest of public health, with, uh, for a number of reasons, but with the main concern being that allowing such a public anti-vaccine personality into the country would stir up anti-vaccine sentiment in the country and which is going through its worst virus surge since the start of the pandemic uh, due to the Omicron variant. In addition to that, Djokovic appeared maskless in public and was interviewed also maskless in the days following his supposed po positive test. So <clears throat> he, lost, he lost his appeal and has been deported um, after that second withdrawal. So the check, the question is, Joel, do you think Novak Djokovic will play in any Grand Slam events this year before the U.S. Open uh, at the end of August? From what I understand, the answer is no, because the next major is the French Open, and they have already said he can't, he specifically, Novak Djokovic, cannot play without getting vaccinated in this year's French Open, even though they're- Well, not, not anyone who's not vaccinated. I know, but they're doing, yeah, okay, yeah, you're correct. But they're doing it because of Djokovic, because he was allowed to play in the French Open, uh, I believe, last year or the year before, without having a vaccine. Right, but almost nobody had a vaccine at that point. Okay, all right. France, the, the French government just passed a law, which I don't think had to do with Novak Djokovic, which says that anybody who's going to go inside or participate in any public uh, event needs to be vaccinated, which is similar to 
the rules that we have here. So like if you go to a show or a, a sporting event or, um, you know, anything, you need to give proof of vaccination. They were saying there'd be no exceptions for people who are coming for the French Open. Good. That's good. Um, and I think that France is the first country, other maybe Australia has done that, but there aren't a lot of countries that have those sort of strict rules. Right. Um, but they have said that Djokovic would not be exempt from that law unless the law changed before May. So at first, I didn't know how to feel about this. I didn't know much about it. I was trying to read up on it. And I, I, at first, I could see both sides to the argument because what I was reading on the internet was, did Djokovic have a legitimate medical exemption and did the government of Australia just deny him his medical exemption for essentially propaganda purposes like you said because they didn't want to stir up anti-vaccination sentiment within yeah. Australia and so I think there's something to that but at the end of the day fucking no Djokovic needs to get fucking vaccinated. Right. I, yeah, the, so I don't like, I'm shocked that the med, you could have a medical exemption for just having a positive COVID test uh, within the last six months. And you brought this something up. Something I, well, so since we talked about this last time, something that I've learned is that the deadline for application for medical exemption to a COVID-19 vaccine for the Australian Open was December 10th. So the, the, they definitely did some like maneuvering to try to get Djokovic into this tournament okay. um, because he didn't test positive until December 16th, allegedly. So, so he missed the cutoff. So if he <clears throat> right. to, let's assume, I, I don't believe this, but let's assume that he would have if he could have, even though I don't think that's true. He missed right. the cutoff. Oh, fuck. I missed the cutoff. I'm the number one tennis player in the world. Right. You got to figure out a way to get me in this tournament. I think that he probably applied for, I think he probably applied and made the cutoff and was denied and then like reapplied under new grounds after that. That'd be my guess. Okay. Okay. I hear what you're saying, but I get frustrated because I also believe that Djokovic himself has decided that he's going to be the guy who's going to take a stand against the vaccine police. Right. Like he has already made it a political issue on himself. He is not like, oh, whoops, I forgot to get vaccinated. He has been very public about his anti-vaccination positions. He uh, actually, since, so before COVID-19 vaccines became available, he has been historically a very vocal anti-vax figure. Uh -huh. Since the vaccines have become available, he has been pretty quiet about it publicly, actually. Um, Interesting. And, you know, so like nobody knew, like 
I mean, everybody knew he wasn't vaccinated, but he would not comment on his own vaccination status until he made this Instagram post saying that he had received a medical exemption from getting a vaccine to go to the Australian Open. Mm. Uh, And, you know, obviously he has somebody who's on his team that's like, you got to fucking keep your mouth shut about whatever weird bullshit you think about vaccines. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to play. And kind of in the background of all of this is that there are three people who are tied for the most majors won by a man uh, in all tennis history with 20 wins. And they are Roger Federer, um, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic. So there are three guys, and whoever like wins the next major open will be the best, you know, the the greatest of all time, essentially. Um, and Novak Djokovic has won 20 major opens, which is massive. And nine of them have been the Australian Open. So almost half of his wins have come at this tournament that he's now been banned from. And um, the last two years, he has been by far the most, do- like, the most dominant male tennis players. Right. He's gaining on Nadal and Federer because he's been winning yeah. every tournament. Well, I think that also Nadal and Federer have not been playing much the past couple of years because right. of injuries. Um, and also Federer's 40. So, yeah. you know, and and Djokovic is 34, which is like pretty prime still for, or, you know, it's probably a little past prime for a tennis player, but still definitely like he's got a few good ones left in him. Nadal is 35. Um, so he's the youngest one. Here's the other thing is like since his visa was revoked and he was technically deported, I think that he might be, you know, one of only a handful of people who have ever been deported on a private jet. But um, he was deported. And so technically um, he's barred from could technically be barred from entering Australia at all for like three years minimum. And that probably like, he'll probably be able to appeal that. Um, But it could be three years that he can't even play at his or four years, you know, that he can't even play at his favorite tournament. Yeah. So the U S open is what August or July. The U S open is in August, I think. Yeah. That's good. It's always, always, it's the end of August, beginning of September. It's always going on during Labor Day. Right. Because you've got your Labor Day parade and Crown Heights. That's a big weekend. Right. Exactly. That's a big, yeah, it is. It's a huge weekend. It's like my biggest weekend of the year. That is like your biggest, you're you're like, hold up, Joel. I can't talk. I have to watch the US Open and get drunk at the Labor Day parade. Right. Which hasn't happened for two years now. Oh Huge shit! Bummer. I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. Well, I'm sorry that Novak Djokovic is going to come and be a super spreader in Queens. Doesn't matter. No, you're saying this this Labor Day parade is happening regardless. Oh no, I don't know. I don't think that Novak Djokovic is going to 
impact the West Indian Labor Day parade in Crown Heights anyway. I feel like there's the Venn diagram on that. Those two events is pretty, you know, it's me and like 10 other people, you know. Right, yeah, but it's you. That's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like the Venn diagram of US Open and Crown Heights, is it like Caribbean Day or is it a yeah. yeah, yeah, West Indian Day. West Indian Labor Day Parade. Yeah. The Venn diagram of people who are interested in both is you. No, not the, probably not the people who are interested in both, but the people who go to both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so have you been following the actual Australian Open? I Although think. that could just be like such an aggressively American point of view on my part, because tennis is a hugely popular sport all over the world, except for like, it's the least popular of any country. Like it's mo- less popular in America than anywhere else in the world. So mm-hmm. that could be ignorant of me to say. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Who is the best, like, African or West Indian player in the U.S. Open, though? That's a good question. But it's probably not nobody, you know what I mean? But there's somebody, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I was actually looking, because after Djokovic got, um, you know, booted from, (laughs) booted, like a big old boot up your ass, uh, from the Australian Open, they gave him the boot. It's a Simpsons reference. Yeah. Uh, no, I got it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I was trying to look up, well, who, who are the favorites now in the uh, men's bracket in the Australian Open? And obviously, I didn't know anyone, but it was lots of Russians and Serbians. Right. Guy uh, Medvedev for Russia is like, he's either two or three. Nadal is in there, but he's like top 20, I believe. Um, so I, I was real, lots of Eastern Europeans seem to be dominating the men's side of the bracket. Anyway, that was my only hot take I had about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a few. Caribbean tennis players. Probably some West African tennis players also like that. Yeah, probably. But that's not part of the West Indian Day Parade. That Yeah, that's a good point. No, no, no. They just want the track and field day when they will dominate. Jamaica, the Bahamas, Trinidad. Gosh. Oh, uh, the Dominican Lead um, World Series is happening right now. Um, I'm going to check it right now. The Australis Orientalis won game one last night. They're playing the Gigantes del Cibao, who were up in game two. Ooh, I don't know who won game two. Uh, I, I, I'm going for the 
Estrellas, Vamos Estrellas. Excited about that. <coughs> uh, do you think Naomi well, Osaka is going to win? Mm, no, uh-huh. uh, but she played well in her first round. Okay. And I'm pulling for her, but I don't know. Like, tennis is such a mental game, and once you start getting inside of your own head, it's kind of right. The we it's like I don't know. I hope that I hope that she's like gotten a good perspective on her life and her career and can come back to like dominating her, you know, being dominant again because she's such a great star. Um, briefly, but it's hard, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and it's you know, and the tennis season is grueling too. Because it's not just the four major tournaments. It's, you know, there's a bunch of turn. You have to play in a certain amount of tournaments every year to just, like, maintain your ranking. And it's, like, none of them are in the same place. And the shit goes all year round, you know. So it's, like, you never are home. And, you know, probably some parts of that are fucking amazing. But also some parts of that are not. The big four are U.S., Australia, France, and Wimbledon, right? Yeah. How did Australia get on that list? I don't know. But it's been, I mean, it's been a tournament for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because the U.S. Open and the, I mean, so like how did the U.S. get on that list really is the question. I mean, um, one World War Two. Right. You think that's that's what we got out of that was <clears throat> just yeah. a, a major open tennis open in Queens? Yes. <laughs> I mean, because Australia's got the the southern hemisphere, so it's February, but it's or January. Right. Somewhere. Right, right, right. They play it in the winter time, so that's probably why. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, I've only been to the U.S. No, that's not true. I went to Wimbledon once when I was younger. Um, cool. Okay, so the Australian Open started in 1905. Uh, the, hold on, I just lost it. Come on. I love saying there's no. Okay, 1905, the French Open started in 1891. Wimbledon started in 1877, and the U.S. Open was 1881. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. So the Australian Open is the newest one, but that was 1905. So the U.S. like won the Civil War against itself, and then they got a tournament, I guess. Right, and it's definitely three English language countries and France, and then France, yeah. And no German, Italian, or Japanese open. So fuck you, not right. Well, the other interesting thing is that the, there's, you know, they play tennis professionally on different surfaces, and so the U.S. Open and the Australian Open are played on hard courts, which is like whatever concrete, and then Wimbledon is a grass 
tournament and French Open is a clay tournament. Right. And who always wins the clay tournament? Nadal. Oh, yeah. Because it goes faster? Is that why? No, clay is slower. Clay and grass are both slower. And, and like the harder the surface, the faster the play. Okay. So how does slowing the game down help Nadal so much? Um, I, I don't know. I guess he just plays better with longer volleys. Like the slower the ball moves, the longer the volley is. Interesting. And so, you know, uh, Djokovic, I mean, Djokovic, I mean, they all win all of them, but Nadal dominates on clay. Federer dominates at Wimbledon. He plays really well on grass. And then, but he also plays really well on hard court too, which is interesting because those are like grass is the slowest, I think. And then hard court is the fastest. So. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that you're into tennis. That's cool. It's dude, tennis is cool. I can't watch a whole match. Like they take too long for me. I get bored. Right. Like um, uh, well, but it's the thing, you just gotta get into it and then you should like go, you should come some you should use some of your sick days and come to the US Open one day. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's fun. Okay, yeah, I will do that. That would be good. So Roger Federer has won Wimbledon eight times. Right, I that's that's, that's the most all time. But but Nadal has won all the French Opens. Right. Um, let's see. The U.S. Open seven three people have won it seven times, and I don't know any of them. So seven seems like a lot. Well, it's, it, I mean, yeah, seven is a lot. Um, Nadal has won the French Open 13 times. Wow. And he's 34 years old, so. Right. So, so, and Djokovic has won the Australian Open nine times, and that's the most. Right. So, so the Australian Open... Saying that Djokovic can't compete is like that's taking away his his wheelhouse. His his right. Name. That's yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <sighs> All right, uh, let's wrap this up. Do you got any baseball hot takes for us before we go? Oh man, I'm we're not playing baseball this year. That's my uh, I'm continuing with that hot take. Yeah, I'm, I think you're right. I don't think we're playing baseball this year either. Which is fucking dumb because there's no reason to be other than the greed of the owners. Right. I've been reading this book all four, and I know that other than you, I'm probably the last one to the table on that book, apparently, because it's just apparently super famous. And, um, but he, it's funny because his, he's a big uh, labor. And this is he he wrote this book like right before free agency, but he just talks so much shit about how uh, the people you know who own the baseball teams just you know screw over the people who play baseball money wise. Right. Uh, let's plan for that. Let's start a book club. Let's do ball four. 
I'm reading baseball, uh, baseball cop. And uh -huh. I, I'm ready. I could do a, a book club about that if we needed to. Also, what is what's baseball cop? Baseball cop is about the creation of after the uh, Mitchell report. Uh huh. The Senate started investigating Major League Baseball over steroids in the thousands. And they issued a report called the Mitchell Report. Right. Baseball needed an independent um, agency to police it for um, steroids. Right. They also looked at... Uh, and that's the one that had the anonymous, quote-unquote, anonymous steroid list that David Ortiz showed up on. Yes, and right. That was the Mitchell report. Yes, and so this guy, so <clears throat> the author of this book, Eddie Dominguez, he was Boston Police. He was also Red Sox security, and then he mm. gets hired by um, uh oh, who was the commissioner of baseball in the early two thousands? Zelig. Bud Selig. He gets hired by Bud Selig to head this department of internal, basically department of internal affairs. And mm. the entire book is about how this department was supposed to have autonomy to investigate uh, PEDs, but that this guy, Rob Manfred, kept interfering with them and preventing them from doing their job. Really? Fucking Rob Manfred, dude. Guy who was head of the uh, like Department of Labor within Major League Baseball from like 2004 to 2012-ish. And so every chapter is like, we were about to bust this guy for PEDs and then Rob Manfred shut us down. Yes. Like, and that, that's every chapter. It's, it's, it's kind of like, oh, that's this chapter is like, hey, we were looking at Miguel Cabrera. We were looking at the Chicago White, like, there's a lot of issues with the Chicago White Sox and human trafficking. Uh, of Cubans, because we have all the Cubans. Monty uh, mm. Grandal, he, he, Miguel Cabrera was supposed to get into a lot of trouble and they didn't get him. Um, David Ortiz. For steroids? Yeah, for steroids. Mm -hmm. hmm. it, it, basically, every chapter is like, I'm about to bust this guy. And then I get a phone call. It's Rob Manfred, and he's threatening me. And so I don't. So, oh. Yeah. That sounds good. Sounds like a good book. Yeah, it is a good book. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it. Like, there's a lot of issues. Um, basically like baseball would like, because he was a, he was a cop, but he was working under the auspices of major league baseball. Like he didn't have autonomy and, right. and basically Rob Manfred head of the department of like the, the office of labor relations was like, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna sweep this under the rug. But like there were laws being broken. That's my question. Is 
this guy, Eddie Dominguez, is a cop or a former cop. And he's like, well, they were breaking the law. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you tell the cops? Like, right. I, it's your job. But if, if you think it's illegal, you should tell them. You something. should tell the cops, yeah. So I, I, that's what I keep quite. He keeps being like, oh, and then Bob Manfred threatened my family. I'm like, well, Bob Manfred threatened my family too. <laughs> oh, Rob Manfred. The good fucking asshole. It's like, oh no, Rob Manfred has always been this asshole. And this is this asshole that Rob Manfred is. Like, he's this asshole. This is what, like, he gets very erect about what he's doing right now. Um, the thing I hate about this book is the one thing Rob Manfred wanted to do was bust Alex Rodriguez for PEDs. Right. Like, that was the, like, he, he would like be like, you have one job, you have one job, and your job is to bust, because it was like 08 to 2010. He was like, your one job is to bust Alex Rodriguez. And this guy's like, but everybody's doing PEDs. And it's like, no, no, no. We just need to bust Alex Rodriguez. Which makes me mad because I fucking hate Alex Rodriguez. But I hate Rob Manfred more than I hate Alex Rodriguez. Really? That's a hot take. It pains me to say it. I am experiencing literally physical pain right now saying that sentence. But I think it's true. I mean, yeah, no, I hate Rob Manfred a lot more than I hate Alex Rodriguez. Hmm. But I hate right. Anyway, that's what book I'm reading. Baseball Cop by Eddie Dominguez. All right. Cool. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, this has been um, Gump on the Yamba, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Hopefully, we will have baseball this year. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. You can also listen to us on Spotify and or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Ump, Facebook at Dump on the Ump. For Sam, my name is Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. I'm going to leave you and the time ain't long. No, the time ain't long. If you don't believe I'm leaving, count the days I'm gone.